0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Believe
2: in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I am Will Vandervoort. LeVon is back this week, so we don't have to have Alex. First of all, thank thank you, Alex Dodd, for filling in. But I'm sure everybody is more than happy to hear LeVon Kirkland, former Clemson All-American, Clemson great, and then also former Pittsburgh Steeler great. LeVon, how you doing, buddy?
0: Man, I am doing so much better. Thank you for asking me. It uh, just wasn't a good week for me last week. I've been doing some crazy stuff and moving around, busy as heck. And uh Wednesday it just kind of finally hit me that oh man, I don't feel that well. <laughs> and, and then Thursday, but I started getting better Friday, Saturday much better, and Sunday and today. Back to back normal with my feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Sometimes that happens, man, with the body
2: just you know, when you're moving around, it's easier and you you're not getting maybe as much sleep as you need to. Um, and right. things of that nature stress your body breaks down it's easier to catch a cold and and catch the flu and this time of year it's the flu i know a lot of people have caught it it's been going around and uh-huh. and um and if you get in areas where there's a lot of people and i know you were in mississippi where the big Steelers bar was at right yeah that, that could happen and you know um you know you can get you just be around a group of people and you can get sick like that right now especially if your body is tired and you've been because you've been doing a lot of traveling and stuff is what right. you've been doing
0: well, it, I think really for me, it happened on Tuesday because I went to work out. It was early in the morning. And then I ran an errand that lasted like maybe two hours long.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I think from having the same stuff on, it kind of got me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's the season that we have to really watch out, especially with the combination of COVID and the flu. I mean, there's I'm sure that all the cop drops and cold medicines, uh, all those companies are really high right now. You, you might need to buy into it.
2: Yeah. And another thing that also causes a lot of sickness and a lot of people don't think about this is when you turn on the heater for the first time. Indeed. That uh, especially if you have sinus issues like myself, you uh-huh. know, and you turn on the heater, there's dust in those air ducts and they right. blow out. And so your body absorbs all that dust into your things. And, and, you know, that could cause sinus infections, things of that, you know, nasal issues. Trust me, I speak from experience. I got an earache. I was right? going
0: to say that, Will. You talk like a man from experience.
2: Yeah, I do. I've, this happens to, every yeah. year. I, you know, I've had allergies my entire life. I've always had problems. And that's why I snore like I do. Um, and so every year at this time is when all my um, my sinuses, they're at their worst. Two times of the year, December and the spring. And it's December is strictly based on turning the heater on for the first time and all that Mm -hmm. dust and allergens that are stuck up in those air air ducts for so long. Because remember, you go, I don't know about you, but I'll go from like October to December, almost December, without using my air conditioner or heater. Right. I don't use either one of them, which I love mm-hmm. because my electric bill just goes totally down, you know. Right. And so I'm saving like $100 a month every time I do that. Uh, but I just don't need them, you know. Um, and yeah. uh, and then, of course, the other day, you know, we, we get down the 30s, you know, 20s here. Then you got to like you got to you got to pull that, you know, you got to yeah. turn that heater on as much as I hate to do it. I turn it it on. seems
0: like it's twisting your arm to do that, though.
2: Oh, I am. Listen, when I was married. My uh-huh. ex-wife, she would um she would keep the air conditioner on 72 um or 70 to 72, which would freeze the house because she, you know, you know, you 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 were buried, you understand, you live with a woman. Uh yes. th- their their body temperatures vary than ours do. No different. Yeah. And, and so she would be really cold, I mean really hot mm-hmm. in the summer. So you it gets really cold in the house. And then In the winter, she turned that thing up to, like, 78, 76 degrees. The heater was constantly blowing. And I'm like, what are you doing to me? I mean, that electric bill would just be skyrocket all the time. But when (laughs) I became single, I go and I do what's recommended. So, in the wintertime, it's recommended you keep your heater on 68 degrees. Right. Right? In the summertime, it's recommended you keep your air conditioner on 76. That's how you run your machine efficiently. Right? Right. So. Yes. So that's what I do. I take advantage of being single, and uh, my air conditioner and heat uh, services have really appreciated
1: it.
0: (laughs) Well, my father had a solution as well. We had a wood heater. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I hate it because that means you have to gather wood. (laughs) Yes. And guess who is the person that had to gather the wood? That would be yours truly, you. Kirkland. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. have the electric log splitter or did you just have to split it yourself? I had to split it ourselves. Well, see, I was fortunate because they did buy the electric log splitter
0: for us. Uh, I've so, never heard of that until you just mentioned it.
2: Yeah. So it's basically, you. so it, ours was red and it was uh-huh. made,
0: I, I can't remember who it was made
2: by, you know, probably uh, Bell and Howell, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so you sit the log up there. The log can't be too big. You don't want to overdo yeah. it. So So what you do is you get a log about. If I'm showing LeVon here, I'm showing about uh, about ten inches in diameter, right? So you're putting the log on there, and and you you lay it in there, and then you turn the machine on. You got to make sure you keep the machine oiled, but it just smush it down and say, "Mm," and it takes it right. The blade sits on the edge, and it just takes it and it just splits it right in half for you. So oh
0: my one that of us would hard run hard. the
2: splitter. Now, don't get your hand stuck between the sm- thing smashing the thing. You can really hurt yourself. Of so, course, not, yeah. So one of us would run the splitter. The other would have to stack the wood, and uh, that's kind of what we did. So, uh, okay. but we, we had, but we had to go cut the wood too, which means we had to go out, and mm-hmm. that was always the fun part: getting a chainsaw and going out and cutting and stuff. But
0: I didn't really, you know, Ashley, as a young man, I didn't really mind cutting wood. Yeah, yeah, I, I just,
2: minded splitting it. Didn't mind cutting it. I mind yeah. splitting it. Well, we had to do it the old fashioned way. You got to use the axe.
0: <laughs> the old axe, baby. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, especially when the axes were as heavy as I was. Cause, you know, when I was uh-huh. a teenager, I mean, I wasn't like, I barely weighed 120 pounds, if that. Right. You know, yeah. I was a big old runt. Uh, that's all right. I was. And so, uh, those axes, man, they seem like they were heavier than me. Even them things are heavy, dude. I mean, you
0: they are kind
2: of heavy up, and you got to swing that over your head and around and down. Oh, yeah, you know,
0: to you got it. There is an art to it, yes, it is. And but you know, it, it is good for muscle growth. <laughs> it is, it was really good. For, it was good
2: yeah. for since playing sports, you played sports too. You know, it would give us conditioning, especially during the winter time when you didn't want to do
1: anything,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to do one one thing like at all and but my father found a way to keep us busy so same here so one way. we
2: we were like you we had a we had a heater i don't know did y'all ours was like a, a it was a stove i mean yeah and so my dad yeah. he, what he did is he built a uh sort of a brick brick thing around it and uh-huh. so it kind of like had the chimney so he put the chimney in and all that and so it was like a fireplace but it was a heater it actually heated the whole house
0: yeah exactly just yeah.
2: just you know and you had the fan on it and you turn the fan on and it blow the heat out and um so yeah my sisters yeah. loved it but um us guys we hated it because we had to do all
0: the wood
1: chopping of course
0: yeah <laughs> and, and then my father would come in man he'll put so much wood in it man it, those you know those flames will just be like red like blazing red mm-hmm. it would just be so hot in that house it Same was here. amazing Same it, it really was i i had to go back into my room and open the window and get some air <laughs> yeah you know who's also hot tell us
2: the people that took south carolina to beat tennessee because they're probably hot with all the money that they've no gotten i mean just when can you imagine winning that bet line um, it was plus, tw- it was my yeah, plus 23 for South Carolina. They mm-hmm. win by 25. So they bet yes. South Carolina, they racked up in that game and that money line. That was a big, and you know, where you can go to get a money line like that if you're trying to get an upset this week. You know, we're, we're not gonna, we're gonna talk about South Carolina because that's what this game is about. We're gonna talk about Clemson and South Carolina pretty much. This whole podcast is gonna yes. be dedicated to the rivalry. Um, but If you want to go bet on that game or any other game or any big money lines, go to betonline.ag. As you know, basketball season is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trades at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports, uh, as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Uh, So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, that's B is in boy, believe, to receive your rewards today. So go to betonline.ag, betonline, where the game starts in Levon. Yes, sir. Dude, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I did not see 63 to 38 coming out of
0: Columbia on Saturday night. Yeah, nobody did. Nobody that really looks at the sport and, Examine the sport the way we do. Really saw that because South Carolina the week before played Florida, and they just didn't really look very efficient on offense at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't score. Quarterback Rattler looked like he was really not confident in what he was doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, so coming this week, you think about Tennessee and how they've been able to score, uh, able to beat Alabama. They look pretty good. You kind of thought, like, okay, Tennessee, you know, they still have a, they still can set their own destiny and beat the South Carolina team and they can just kind of move forward. Boy, that did not happen at all. You're talking about a team that just fell apart. South Carolina started off hot and that snowball effect kept going on and on. I mean, to the end of the game. I, I didn't see that happening at all. I'm almost positive that the 80,000 people that were in South Carolina Stadium, Williams Price, did not think that either. I'm they almost didn't. certain that when Shane Beamer was visualizing this game, he didn't visualize 63 points. <laughs> no, there's no way. He did. No way. Yeah. And, and, he did- so, Go and so they came out. They came out on fire. They came out loose. They had to – and then plus, they had their their two running backs, their first two running backs were out of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you're like, how are they are going to be able to run the ball? Uh, I thought the Wildcat with uh, – I forget his name. I, I thought that was really, really big for them. And I think it just really knocked Tennessee off balance. And also, you know what I discovered?
2: It's, uh, it's Joyner, by the way. That's who you're thinking of. Joyner. About. Yeah.
0: You know, you know what I discovered in that game? Who's that? What's that? That Tennessee's really not good on defense. Yes, they're not. And, they're and, not and, very and, good. Yeah. So they were kind of It was kind of smoke and mirrors with Tennessee a little bit as well. Not taking anything away from South Carolina. I thought they played well. But, man, tennessees they're not really good on defense at all. they They really – they don't really do a good job of resting the passer.
2: No, they don't. And they don't they're, – they're, they're, people have had this false illusion because they do – they have done a pretty decent job of stopping the run and uh-huh. limiting teams for running the football where they're you – know, and getting big plays um, in the backfield um from a running game standpoint where they're allowing um they they third in, AC, in the SEC excuse me with 73 tackles for a loss okay so they do good a good job of that at tennessee but where they struggle is getting after the quarterback and i think a lot of it's the scheme they run they run that same kind of scheme nc state runs a lot of teams run now it's more of that 335 yeah. look you know, uh, umbrella kind of look. And so they're trying to you, – you're going to drive the ball but when you get in the red zone. They're not going to give up very many big plays. And, you right. know, that's the concept of that defense. Their pass defense has been horrendous all year. They've mm-hmm. been ranked near the bottom of the conference in the SEC all year. Um, I think right now they're last now. They were next to last going into last week's game. Now they're last mm. after giving up 438 yards and six touchdowns. But they've given up 21 touchdown passes this year. OK, wow, that's a lot of touchdown passes it's for a, whole a defense.
0: Lot of touchdown passes. Yeah. yeah.
2: So they haven't been that great against the pass this season. Getting to the quarterback, they haven't been good at either. They ranked mm-hmm. seventh in the SEC, only 24 sacks is, is what all they've they've allowed, um, they've gotten this year. I mean, so that's not getting too much pressure on the quarterback. I think in the last three weeks, they've only had one sack each game. To kind of give you an idea um, that they're not really the kind that kind of team. Now, like I mentioned, they do do a decent job against the run. Uh, they're ranked third in the SEC in run defense. Um, you know, giving up three point two five yards per carry, one hundred and eight yards per game. So that's about that's that's where you want to be as a defense when it comes to stopping the run. And right. but it wasn't the running game that killed them against South Carolina. It was the passing game. Not at all. And and, and Spencer Rattler had all day. To throw the football. I'm talking all day, all day. long. And uh-huh. I mean, he could have sat back there and made a sandwich, maybe went to the refrigerator and got a beer to go with the sandwich.
0: And that still, man was, he that was, man just, was drinking whiskey back there. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was just kind of swirling it around because there was no pressure on him.
2: None. And I give him credit for staying mm-hmm. patient and finding his open receivers. They made big plays downfield, which we haven't seen South Carolina do at all all season right. long. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's some good things to why if you're a South Carolina fan, yes, you take it away and you're like, Hey, we scored 63 points. We had explosive plays throwing the ball deep down the field. And all those things you give South Carolina credit for all of them. Right. Do, Cause they have to execute. I don't care if it's wide open. We found out in the Miami game with Clemson right the other day, Miami second play of the game. They have a player wide open because of a busted coverage. But what did the quarterback do? He overthrew him. Right. So So you still got to make the plays. You still got to connect. And you give South credit for making the plays. However, Tennessee just is not very good on defense, as you said. I've been saying it all year long. What have I said? I said Tennessee reminds me of 2000 Clemson. Mm -hmm. I said that 100 times. And I said it's going to catch up with them. And what I mean by that is they score a lot of points on offense, but defensively they give up a lot. And eventually, it's going to catch up with them because you can't. In my listen, you got to have some form of defense. You don't <laughs> got to be great on defense. You got to be like LSU. Think about LSU a few years ago with Joe Burrow and that that thing. They weren't great on defense, but they were good yeah. enough to get some stops. That their Boy. offense didn't always have to be on.
0: Mm-hmm. They,
2: you know, and, and, and listen in the national championship game. I know a lot of people think LSU was on, but that was actually LSU's worst game of the season. Right against Clemson, but they scored forty-two points. Now, why did they do that? Well, because their defense a took a lot of pressure off of them because they found ways to stop Clemson.
0: Right,
2: and 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 so they gave their team and knowing their offense is going to put up points. Like Tennessee still put up thirty-eight points last week, but mm-hmm. they weren't playing their best game. I mean, he was over. Hooker was overthrowing people early in that game and everything, so they right. were a little off. So, but so when that happens, you got to have a good enough defense to survive it. And get through that period. LSU did that in the national championship game against Clemson a few years ago, and then they went on to win the game. That's how you win games in this era of football. You don't have to be great on defense, but you gotta be good. Tennessee yeah. is awful on defense right now. They're they're awful. And it ain't because I, they scored sixty eight points, sixty three against South Carolina. They were awful before this. The Just their I, offense had a bad night.
0: Even when they played against Georgia. I was like, they're not going to beat Georgia because they can't really stop anybody on defense. Mm-hmm. They can't stop the run. Uh, evidently, their whole zone concepts are just—I—I I, I didn't really understand what they were doing with their linebackers because they were—they were crossing in the zone, and the linebackers were kind of like carrying the crossers, mm-hmm. which, as you know, you never do in zone. Nah. If anything, you want to keep getting deep. You want to get deep some, and have the quarterback something going behind you. Right. In most cases. And they just God, they just picked holes in their offense. I mean their defense all game long. And there was absolutely no rush on the quarterback. I mean, they didn't pressure him at all. I mean, they didn't really even blitz. It it, it made the they made the South Carolina Gamecock offensive line seemed like one of the best offensive lines that ever played. Yeah. It's
2: like we're watching the 65 Packers on the offensive line.
0: I mean, for real. Yeah. The Hogs. I mean. Washington's Hogs, yeah. Yeah. The 1970 Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. Yeah, Mike Webster and those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it uh, It wasn't a good game for Tennessee, but like I said, I think you give the South Carolina Gamecocks a lot of credit especially if they lost a game before. It just goes to show you, you just never know in college football. You never know. You never know, man. A team may look terrible one week, and then the next week they come back and they bounce back and they play well.
2: I said in the press box the other day, after TCU near-missed, and Mm -hmm. you saw the near-miss with um, Michigan, and I said in the press box the other day, I said, listen, I just got a feeling South Carolina is going to win this game. tonight, and everybody in there said, you're crazy. I said, no, everybody said that all those people were crazy back in 2000, 1984 when everybody said that uh, no way Navy was going to beat
0: yes, I remember South that.
2: Carolina when South Carolina was number two coming in that black magic season, but it happened and they beat them 38 to nine that day. Yep. And I, and I said, that's what this game reminds me of because Where the hell did that come from? That was a one and nine Navy team at the time or whatever Mm -hmm. it was that year, one and eight. And they just beat South Carolina like a drum from the beginning. And that's what South Carolina did to Tennessee. They beat them from the very beginning. They were scoring points. They were, the defense was doing their job good enough to keep Tennessee down for a little bit, make them punt a couple times, yeah, and getting the ball back to their offense. And, Tennessee couldn't stop them. They had nine touchdowns in 11 possessions, on, and one of those possessions was a kneel down at the end of the half. Right. So, in other words, nine out of ten times South Carolina was trying to score, they scored.
0: Yeah, and momentum is a hell of a thing, too. Mm-hmm. You, you get a team that you should beat, you should win, you know, and they get that momentum, they get that fast start, and it's hard to stop them especially mm-hmm. a team that's a divisional team that kind of knows you pretty well. And that's what happened in Tennessee. They, they went in that game. I'm not going to say they didn't take South Carolina seriously, but they probably heard the press clippings and read, and read all the newspapers and said, like, yeah, we're, we're going here. We'll take care of South Carolina. Especially that first series or two, when South Carolina went down and scored. Tennessee came back and scored so quickly. Uh, no, they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're good. The game's gonna settle down. South Carolina kept going at them and going at them and doing some different things that I'm sure Tennessee wasn't quite ready for, uh, especially the the wild the wild gun or the wild whatever. And man, I've been there. You've been there, Will. Sometimes, man, the other team just they just have it. Yeah, they just, just... have that game, and you don't have it. Yeah, it's and, like
2: Clemson was there a few weeks ago. Notre Dame was on. Yeah. And they would do whatever they did that went right. Whatever Clemson did went wrong. It was the same kind of situation.
1: Exactly. Um,
2: great environment, fed off the crowd a little bit. All of those things were kind of going into play. And then they played out of their minds, right? And, 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 and so in that game, as we said on this very podcast, you know, Notre Dame came in to fight. Clemson came in to play a football game. Exactly. I think Tennessee came in to play a football game and then mm. realized right off the bat, oh, crap, they came out yeah. to fight.
0: Oh, well, hold up. That <laughs> our, game, our game plan is out the door. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's you not know. working. Exactly. And, and I think that caught Tennessee by surprise. I think they were going through the motions like, oh, well, we're going to play South Carolina. We're favored by 23. Then we're going to play Vandy, who we're going to be favored by the same amount. All we need to do is just score some points and win the game. And then we're in the college football playoff. That's kind yeah. of what they're thinking was. And it shows how – this is what Dabo always talks about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When he talks about building a program, you got to learn how to win. Yep. And this is what Tennessee's going through right now. They're trying to learn how to win because they don't know how to win.
1: They, and what I mean have- by
2: that is, and what Dabo mm-hmm. means by that is, in games like that, like against South Carolina, when you go on the road in a hostile environment and you don't come in with the right attitude, you get beat. Yeah. And that's what happened in that game. And you try to tell your players and warn your players, but until they experience it for themselves, they yeah, just man. don't know. And Clemson's, Clemson was like that when they played South Carolina in 2011, mm-hmm. and they got blown out down there in williams Bryce Stadium. And right. it was the same kind of way uh, also in, the, in in the Orange Bowl that year because they were learning how to win. Mm-hmm. That's what he means by it. You got to build a program. You got to learn how to win. Learning how to win those kind of games is more difficult than going and playing a an Alabama and beating Alabama. You know, and the reason it's more difficult because it's a mental thing, not actually going and playing thing. Like when you go play the Alabamas of the world, you have no issues getting your team up. Like Clemson and South yeah. Carolina this week. Won't have any issues getting each other uh, getting ready for this game mentally because they know it's Clemson, South Carolina. Those players will be ready. But when you're playing, when t- Tennessee's not playing a traditional rival, South Carolina isn't, mm-hmm. and you're going on the road, South Carolina's having a hum, a so so kind of year. You're having your best year you've had in almost two decades. You, yeah. you that that creeped up on them, and there it was like, oh wow, we got to play to win this game. We can't bring our C game and win. No, you're not good enough yet for
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was kind of like when Tennessee played Georgia. I told several people that Tennessee doesn't have championship pedigree yet.
1: Yep.
0: And Georgia did. Mm -hmm. And Georgia understands how to step into a game and play it, regardless of the atmosphere, regardless of the stadium, regardless of really how they feel. They're going to step in there. They're going to play well because they're Georgia, they're champions, and they've been there and done that before. Mm -hmm. Clemson, for the longest, when they went on that run of six playoff games in a row, Clemson could go almost anywhere, and they're going to play well. They're going to show up, and they'll find a way to win at your place, definitely in Death Valley. So teams have to go through that, and the game is not so high that the next game is like, how do we get back from being so high? How do we get back from putting everything that we possibly could into this game? Now we got to go back and play again. Can we do that? And I think that's what, in college football, you have to be aware as a coach. Mm -hmm. to Say like, you know, yes, great win against Tennessee, but it won't mean much if we lose to South Carolina.
2: No, it, it 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 is a mental thing, and I think Tennessee's I think Tennessee has a chance to build on this season and get where they want to get eventually. I, I really do believe that and become a player again in the SEC because that program has that pedigree. It it has the facilities. It's got the football stadium. It's got everything you need to be successful. You know, it's just a matter of Josh Heupel getting them to understand what it takes to win and win at a high level. Um, There's a reason why only Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Georgia, and and, and Alabama are in that conversation year after year. Really, Michigan two years in a row, so give Michigan credit for back-to-back years, but really it's just been Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. It's Mm -hmm. really been just those four teams that have done it consistently. And um, it's hard to do that. That is not easy. I think Clemson – People are finally seeing how difficult it is. Um, right. They took it for granted, um, mm-hmm. especially after last year when they go ten and three and didn't make the playoffs. And um, but it also showed you the mental of the Clemson program last year. We've talked about this several times. Like they started the season four and three, yet instead of just going through the motions, knowing all their goals were done, they couldn't win the ACC, they couldn't play, go to a college football playoff, and all that. They still finished the season and went 10 and 3 and, and 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 finished out. When you look at like an NC State, for example, right? Once their goals were gone, look, they they've quit. They're done. Oh, yeah. You know, that they're they're not yeah. even like it's like they're not even trying now. You know, I know they are. I know some of those kids on there are playing hard. So I don't want to diminish what those kids are trying to do. But you're seeing that it looks like some of their teammates have said, you know what?
1: Eh, yeah, we can't win.
2: We can't win 10 games. We can't win the ACC. We can't go to a major bowl game. So we're just done.
0: And that is such the point. Will. some of those guys are playing hard, Mm -hmm. but some of those guys are ready for the off season. Some of, some of these guys can't wait to get home, have some Turkey, have some ham dressing and just chill out. When you have a, when you have a team that go all the way to the championship it's usually that whole team believes in what they're doing and they take ownership, not just a couple guys, but the whole team. And I think in college, you have to be careful because you can lose your team if you don't reach some goals or say you set the bar a little too high for your team and they don't get it. And they get that, here we go again. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you, if Sacramento didn't start off fast, they would have probably been like, eh, here we go again. And that's right. what average teams do. They yep. they play spectacular sometimes. And then the next week you're like, who are these guys?
2: Yeah, exactly. Who, who, who are these people that showed up? That's why that you saw Florida. That explains, you know, Florida 38 to six. They lose 38 to 6 to Florida. And explains Florida going the next week and losing to Vandy. Yeah. Because Florida's the exact same team as South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, it and your point is valid on that. That's just guys are just like, okay, what time when when do I need to be at mom's house for Thanksgiving? You yeah, know, we
0: Van, oh, we're playing Vandy this week. Oh, we got them. Yeah. 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 And, and what happens? Just came out from a win. Yeah, just came out from win. They got momentum, so they're thinking like, "Oh, we can. Oh, let's let's win the game."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the next thing you know, you keep them in the game, and they're like, "Man, maybe, maybe we can play with these guys."
2: Mm-hmm. Now, South Carolina, as great as that win was for them, and you give like we said, we to give them credit for that because they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Now they come into this rivalry game against the Clemson Tigers. And, LeVon, let's talk about Clemson versus Miami here because that Clemson defense is starting to play like we thought they should have been playing all year. That's two Mm -hmm. weeks in a row where they have come in and dominated the line of scrimmage. They're putting pressure on the quarterback. Um, They're they're making the quarterbacks have to think quickly. Uh, It's forcing turnovers. It's doing all kinds of things. Uh, They're getting sacks and tackles for a loss. They look like Clemson of old. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where the difference is in this game for South Carolina is Spencer Rattler ain't going to have all day to sit back there and get to think about where he's going to throw the ball. He's going to have to know it right off the bat because Wes Goodwin's going to bring the house
0: in a lot of these cases, I think. I think Wes is getting his flow. But the impressive thing about the defensive group – Of Clemson is that I think the linebackers have been playing outstanding. Dude, I I think they're balling. I mean, from Carter the week before, Mm -hmm. the plays he's been making, and then last week, I mean, this past game, Jeremiah Trotter has been playing like his old man. Mm -hmm. I mean, dominant, nasty. I dare you to run anywhere in my facility. Are you going to get hurt? And then you got Trent Simpson that's coming off the edge and just wreaking havoc.
2: They put him back at Sam this week. Tell me if he did not look the
0: best he's looked all year. All year long. Yeah. So I'm like, they finally got like, hey, let's put, you know, Jeremiah, you got to be the guy for us. You're the quarterback. You got to be our emotional leader. You got to. Didn't you say that after the Notre Dame game?
2: Didn't you say that somebody, probably one of the linebackers, needed to step up and say, and you, I think you called out Trotter and you said Trotter needs to say, hey, do like you did with your rookie year of the Steelers where they gave it to you and say, okay, I got to be the guy now. I got to take
0: yeah. it over. And he's done that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly. I, I, I even text Dabo Sweeney and I said, you need to let Jeremiah Trotter be the guy. He needs to be the tone setter
1: mm-hmm. on
0: defense, and he's become that guy. Carter is your—I mean, Carter can make plays. He's athletic as hell, but Jeremiah Trotter should be the heartbeat of that team.
2: Now, see, you I can know,
0: text Dabo that,
2: and and he'll listen. If I texted Dabo that, he'd be like, he'd, he'd be, be like, it. oh, well, shut up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, it all. We're joking. The, the kid can. The kid played man i mean he brought the wood uh, or the hammer or the axe whatever you want to call it he brought it and i think that is a little bit of the difference between the defense you can tell that the leadership is within the linebackers Mm -hmm. where it and i know i'm an old uh ex-linebacker but have you seen a defense that's worth their salt if their linebackers are not that good you're correct Linebackers have to – you've got to have a good linebacker. The linebacker –
2: I mean, we talked about last year. James Skalski was the leader of that defense last year. Right. And that's why they were so damn good. Yep. Because he – they had his attitude. And and James brought nastiness all the time to every play. Now, he wasn't – he's not as talented as Jeremiah Trotter. But he was that leader – and he brought that nastiness every play. And so the defense played with that attitude, right? right. Now you're seeing Trotters, like you said, since he took over and said, okay, I got to be the guy. Right. Since he's taken over and says, I'm going to be the guy, that leader, that defense. Look how nasty they are. They're nasty again. They're playing Jeremiah yes. Trotter's attitude. That's what they're playing with. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, it's, and you're so right about it. I'm telling you, man, he's, and he's bringing his old man with him. Oh, He I mean, looks he, just like him. He's bringing his old man with him, and it's so good to see. And I, I think that's the turnabout. Now, West got a guy that's on the field that he could depend on to take ownership and make the other guys lift their game up to another level.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're seeing that, Trent Simpson. Oh, my yes. gosh. Garcia from Miami still doesn't know what that train was that hit him. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: He came off that thing flying, dude. I thought, like, he doesn't see him coming off. (laughs) He he just didn't see him. And I'm going to tell you now, Trent is an athlete. Yeah, he is. He's big, strong, and he's fast. And he can move. And he can definitely cover ground. But Trent is a guy that you want coming from one side of the ball, one side or the other. You don't want him out there trying to diagnose plays. No. You just don't. He's not He's not really that cerebral yet. He may be that in, on the next level, but some guys you just want them to line up and go to the quarterback Yep. or go to the ball. We let our other two guys be very – we let those guys be um, uh, cerebral in their game and figure out, oh, they're trying to do this or they trying to do that. Let Trent Simpson just come off the edge and cause havoc.
2: Just blow things up. And he just did.
0: blow things up. Those two good.
2: sacks, those two sacks were just, oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. this, with the second one there, which was the strip fumble, in the stadium, I don't know if you could hear it on TV, in the stadium, it was a collective, ooh. Yeah, I right. mean, everybody in the stadium knew he was about to unload on this quarterback except the quarterback. You know,
0: it was just it, – like, it, <laughs> It was crazy, man. That's why as a quarterback, I'm like, dude, you don't feel that presence coming at you? I guess not. Uh, He didn't. He didn't feel the pressure. He didn't feel the pressure. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he felt the pain.
2: He felt, oh, he felt the pain because that had to hurt. It really did look like. And listen, there's nothing better as a defensive player than going to the quarterback impeded. I mean, you're just – nobody's in, in, in your way. You're just going straight at him. You see he doesn't see you and yeah, nobody's touching it. you. You're no – I'm going to lay the wood on this guy right now. It is the my favorite play in oh, the yeah. whole world.
0: Now, I'm an interception guy. I love interceptions. I love sacks. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you do make a sack like that, man, it is so pleasing to the soul. Oh, my it goodness. It really is, especially – when a guy does not see you, and you realize he, don't he see doesn't me. even see me coming, <laughs> he does not see. Oh, I'm going to kill him! <laughs> I am going to lay the wood to him. Those are. I, I gotta agree with you, Will. Those are. Uh, those are the best. If you can get a sack like that, absolutely. And he did not see him coming at all. So I bet you see him now though. Yeah, I bet he see him. I bet he in class at Garcia, see him. Right
2: now, oh, oh Garcia's dreaming about it still. He's yeah.
0: he's still like he waking he's up. Practice, like yeah, he's at <laughs> practice, like block number twenty-two. Yeah, but I thought the I thought the attitude that the linebackers displayed. What's the difference? And it's been the difference since the Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. I, I think those guys have taken into into their hands. It's up to us. If we're going to play well, we got a good defensive line. But, honestly, it's going to be up to us to play well, for us to be very effective. And that's what they've been, very effective, very nasty. And it was good to see.
2: Yeah. Barrett Carter, who Dabo Sweeney says is one of the best players he's ever coached in his 20 years at Clemson. Um, He's up there at Isaiah Simmons' level. We know it. Um, And, I mean, the other day – Everybody talks about, and look, deservedly so. Will Shipley, when he hurdled the Louisville player and, and, and went into the end zone, oh, it's an awesome play.
0: It was a great play.
2: What? Listen, and I talked to Barrett Carter at the end of that game, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it because you were sick last week. So I talked to Barrett Carter at the end of the game, and we're joking when he around. Undercut,
0: when he undercut that receiver?
2: No, no. When he hurdled the running back, he did. And went and made the sack. Mm-hmm. And, and I told him, I said, listen, I'm with you, man. That's a more impressive play than Shipley's because you hurdled the running back yeah. and then tracked down the quarterback and sacked him. Like, that's like – you don't see defense – you don't see the linebackers hurdling running backs. You don't Uh-oh. see
0: that. You see I do it back in my day, but, yeah. You, just, you don't see that. <laughs> I love, I you don't do see this often. I mean, that's a hard no. thing to do. It is. And, and then yeah. to the st-
2: the land on your feet and then go get the quarterback, who's running away from you, by the way. I mean, that was impressive to me. It was more you impressive know, to me than Shipley. You Schiflitz.
0: know how explosive that is, dude. He's to hurdle somebody and then take off and make a sack. That's I'm not a- saying hurdle somebody and make a touchdown because I think that's a little bit more natural for the guys, right? That do it a lot. Thank you. But, you, but you for go- a guy that doesn't do it as much, to be able to hurdle a blocker, didn't have the speed. So finish that play, yeah, man. And not just like
2: he hurdled them. It wasn't like he hurdled them and immediately sacked them. No, he had to chase him down. Right. The quarterback's running away from him, and he had to go chase him down. (laughs) That is way more impressive than what Shipley did. Yeah. And I told Barrett, I said, I'm with you, man. Defense all the way, baby. I'm giving you the props, you know. No question. Because that was an amazing – Shipley's was an amazing play, too. I'm not discrediting Shipley's. Mm-hmm. But Barrett's was equally as good, if not more, and more impressive, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, that is a heck of a play. I, I you don't see many NFL players make that play. No, at all. That's how impressive it is. It,
2: and and the running back, by the way, was standing tall. So it's not like yeah. the running back was like all the way. It wasn't bent. like he
0: dove at his ankles.
2: Exactly. He was standing
0: yeah. tall, and he, was he jumped tall over. Yeah.
2: It was like, holy crap you
1: yeah, know I don't think it,
0: it, it, I don't think anybody really it, I don't think anybody really except for you and me have really like you don't understand you don't appreciate what a play that was
2: that was
0: it, it may not be on the high lines or the top 10, but man, that was a heck of a play
2: and as you said you said it best to have that kind of explosion after you're coming out of a hurdle. Yeah. Not
0: anybody can just do that. Most people would have failed. Most people would have failed or Mm -hmm. tripped up or something. But he hit that thing and kept moving. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. And then that interception that he made. Oh, my goodness. Was pretty impressive for a a linebacker. Yes, it was. To undercut a guy. Well, not really. Yeah. Yeah, he undercut a guy. Yeah. And make that interception. Most guys won't do that. They'll just make the tackle, blah, blah, you know, it's over with. I mean, he really saw it. So you see a lot of promise. And I think if you're South Carolina, you're going to see more of that. <laughs> That's what. Then what you saw in Tennessee. You're going to see, I think you're going to see, although they're from the ACC, you're going to see a better caliber front seven that when you turn them loose, if they shut you down, Make you one dimensional, you may not have that much running room. Because mm-hmm. those, I mean, Murphy, those guys can absolutely bring it.
2: South Carolina has only seen a front seven like this once before this year, only one other time.
0: That's the Georgia.
2: And that was against Georgia. And yeah. Georgia shut them out until the fourth quarter when Georgia brought in their uh, backups. And beat them 48 to seven right right um listen i'm telling you clemson i'm not saying clemson's gonna shut south carolina out but i'm with you a hundred percent as we start looking at this game south carolina if they think they're gonna see that same defense that they saw a week ago in death valley they're, they're then they're gonna get rudely awakened they there's gonna be like oh major wake-up call they're gonna be like oh my gosh yeah yeah Understand, yes, you scored 63 points. Yes, you should play with some confidence. But okay. understand who you're playing. You're playing a Clemson defense that, A, their front seven's as good as anybody in the country. B, they're starting to play like it. Right. And C, they play with pride. Defense is a proud for thing at Clemson. And
0: they already had their feelings hurt once. Yeah. Be damned if they do it again. Well, especially when you're playing against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean – you know you don't want to lose to that team. Mm-hmm. You just don't. So you're going to turn it up a little bit too. Records are on the line. You got, you're you going right. for a win
2: 41 straight at home. You're going right.
0: for the record eight
2: straight wins in the series. Mm-hmm. No, neither side has done that, right. As, has won eight straight times. So you can make history in Death Valley on Saturday. You know it. You're playing for it. Oh, by the way, you're in the hunt for the college football playoff again. Like, yeah, it's so there. Yeah. You've got right. a great opportunity. So you got to take care of business, so you can continue to have that opportunity. It, yeah, South Carolina, you're not playing Tennessee. Another way, and here's another thing: what we just talked about earlier, Clemson knows how to win. Right, they know how to win. Tennessee is still learning how to win. Clemson ain't going to take you lightly, South Carolina. They saw you score sixty-three
0: points. Yeah, they and, saw and it. Clemson, and Clemson is going to be like, yeah, we could, you know, we're concerned. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to take the game pretty seriously because South Carolina did look good. I mean, even though we, even though we are here breaking it down a little bit more uh-huh. than what most people would break it down to, uh, they understand that South Carolina they have enough talent. If you don't play your A game, that right. they can come. They can come to Death Valley and win. They understand that. But I'm going to tell you also what was encouraging to me too, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of people won't make a big deal of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But pace is back. Yeah, he made a big play
1: that
2: set up a touchdown. Then he scored a touchdown later. Um, that that he came up. What was that? What's up um, they're in shotgun? What do they call the play, Levon? You, you know what they call it in NFL stuff, uh, where the running back kind of go. He doesn't even chip or anything. He just
0: runs a route and runs. It's, a right. it's called an angle route. Angle route. Yeah. There you go. Thank yeah. you. You you go out. You go to the outside. You go to the where the defense in or outside is going to be. You act like you are going to go outside try to get that linebacker to overrun, Mm -hmm. and then you just hit it back inside. Now it's an easy throw for the quarterback. You can catch that thing in stride, and you can make a lot of hay.
2: And that's what he did. He caught it, got it down to the one-yard line.
0: I mean – And I was like, oh, the old angle route. Yeah. Yeah. You recognize – because of you, I recognized it right away. Yeah, it's shaped like an angle, you know. Yeah. you're running like a little angle. And that's what he did. Great job. And that guy in the red zone is pretty good, too. So – you're looking at three really healthy running backs that if you feed them enough, man, they, they can break you down. So I, that's why I was like, oh, man, pace is back. I, thought, I think Mafia is playing well. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's running the ball well. He's hitting some big runs. He knows how to break tackles. And I think if Clemson could really just run the ball and not be careless with the ball, Uh, they'll give South Carolina a hard time as far as stopping the run is concerned. And I I think that's the problem with teams. It sounds great. It looks good sometimes when you just throw the ball all over the yard. Mm -hmm. But if you can't really establish the run, which Tennessee never did against South Carolina, because they were always behind the eight ball trying to catch up, you, you put your defense your defense in arm's way because you can't take any time off the ball, any time off the clock to try to run the ball, to try to establish your dominance. And that's that's why running the ball carries in the playoffs in the cold weather because it's hammering somebody, putting it down on them. And those four yards become eight yards. And next thing you know, they become like fifteen yard runs. And then the next thing you know, they're off to the house because people don't want to make tackles anymore.
2: And and that's the I mean, when I see this game, you know, and I think Clemson, I think it really is going to come down to this, man. It it, it really to me, I think Clemson's offense defense is going to show up. I, right. I there's no doubt in my mind. My question is Will Clemson's offense not put the defense in a bad situation? For instance, now, Levon, this is a great stat. You, re- you ready for mm-hmm. this? is a great stat. Nobody talks uh-huh. about it with this Clemson defense. I've criticized him at times this year and deserved this. Yeah. Yes. But I'm going to give him props here on this stat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All the turnovers Clemson's had this year, especially these last four games, where they've turned the ball over 12 times, but 17 times Clemson has turned the football over this season. Only on two of those has the opponent scored. Now, here's the thing about that, LeVon. On the two occasions where the opponent has scored uh, after a turnover, one was at Notre Dame when they got the ball at the 14-yard line. Mm -hmm. And then the second one was the other day when Miami picked up the fumble and ran it to the 10-yard line. So, in the two times – it wasn't really clemson's defense i mean they had short fields i'm talking tremendously short field the teams in the red zone right off the bat that's hard to ask a defense to go out and get a stop right there now right. they've done it they have done it before where they've done that a couple of times and they held the team to field goal attempts but to give up only two touchdowns in a situation where your team has turned the ball over that many times and you've given up only two touchdowns off those turnovers that tells you how good this defense is Right. And, and, and so my point being is this, when I go back to my original point, South Carolina, I mean, Clemson's offense in this game, if they just take care of the football, I think they're
0: fine. Yeah, it's just be smart with the football. Be smart. That's even a better way to say it. Yeah, just be smart with the football. Don't turn it over. Take what the, take what the defense gives you. Mm-hmm. And I think you can be very successful. I think when Clemson gets in trouble is when they're trying to do a little too much when they try to hit big plays where there's no big play. When it's right. third, third and 18 and you're still trying to go deep, they're not going to get that. They, they're playing for the deep ball, so you're not going to get those 18 yards. Um, when they're better is when they're playing smart, throwing to the tight ends. Like we've been saying, our tight ends are very efficient. Our tight ends are good between the hash marks. If you can attack teams that way, you can move the ball down the field. And in the red zone, I dare to say if Clemson's on the 10 yard line and they use the running backs that we have, it's gonna be most likely a touchdown. hmm I totally agree. It, it really is. You don't, I don't think, you know, I know people get on this team for not being that explosive or hitting the really downtown plays like they're used to hitting. But this team doesn't really have to do that because their strength is really in the box. With their running backs and their tight ends. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can get to the 20, I think you have an excellent chance to scoring because those three guys, they know how to move the sticks. And then you've got two tall tight ends that can really, I think, can control the lane a little bit. And so you put them in a paint, you post them up, they're gonna nine times out of 10, they're gonna come down with it.
2: And to your point, to your point, Clemson ranks third in the country in red zone
0: efficiency. Exactly. So you don't have to always make the tremendous play. You just keep if you could drive the ball down to the twenty yard line, you got the guys that can get it in, and that's really that's all that matters. I think Clemson should really think about get their goal should always be get first downs on. Not you know always hit the big play, but get first downs. Can we get the first downs? Can we get the first down? But think you know instead of third down or something, let's get it within second down. You do that for the most part, you get an opportunity. And if DJ takes care of the ball and plays smart, when he does, the Tigers are efficient and can score some points.
2: Very efficient, and that is that is a key with this Clemson offense it's just play as you said play smart take care of the football and don't put your defense in situations hey d- defense, asking your defense to get a stop at the 14 yard line is difficult you know Very. but 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 you know if you turn the ball over turn it over on the plus on the on the plus 50 right so that way yeah. south carolina's having to go 70 yards still you know you don't want to turn it over period but if you do turn it over inside inside those areas now the good news is a lot of the times this year, that's been the case. They've yeah. turned the ball over after the 50-yard after they got past the 50. Um, and so it's a matter of, first of all, you know, Dabo said it the other day with the turnovers, like it's eventually going to play itself out. And I agree with yes. him because the first seven games, they turned the ball over only five times in seven games, right. you know, right. and that was under, you know, not even a turnover per game, right? right? And so you knew that pace couldn't keep up. You just hope when you do have some issues – That you can at least even it out and it's not really as bad, right? Well, that hadn't been the case. Clipson's, the turnover bug is hit like it does every team. And And now they're.
0: Yeah. So you got to play through it. it. Now it's ball security. Now now in practice, we're going to go, we're going to do some ball security drills. Yeah. We're going to make sure that we're not turning the ball over. We're going to stop practicing, not turn the ball over. We're going to make it conscious uh, when we play. You know, we're going to keep the ball, we're going to take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I never think you should say, don't turn the ball over. I think he should say something like, we're going to take care of the ball. Right. And it's just what we haven't been doing, taking care of the ball. But it'll be emphasized this weekend. I feel like if it's emphasized in the right way, come Saturday, it will take care of itself.
2: I, I agree with you
0: 100%. So as, as I look at this game from
2: from overall, listen, I was listening to SiriusXM uh, the other day, and Tom Luganville, who's a recruiting guy for ESPN, does the show with them and stuff. And Tom – look, Tom knows his stuff when it comes to recruiting. Tom knows his stuff anyway. He's a former player and stuff like that, so he played at Georgia Tech. The guy understands football, right? And I, I understand – I think he said something that's very interesting. He's Basically, he was warning South Carolina fans. He was saying, listen, that was a big win for you guys the other day. No doubt. He's like, but understand the talent level at Tennessee, South Carolina is almost the exact same. Mm -hmm. He says, there's a noticeable talent gap between Clemson and Georgia to South Carolina. And he's Mm -hmm. like, understand that you need to understand. It doesn't mean you can't win,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but you got to understand when you're saying, okay, talent to talent, when Tennessee doesn't play its best, you can match up with Tennessee because you, you match up with them talent wise anyway. So yeah. if they have to play the way they've been playing, but you can match up with them. He's saying basically here, if Clemson brings his game and Clemson's being Clemson, then South Carolina is not going to match up with that talent because there is a big difference in talent gap. And he says, South Carolina just isn't there yet. So he's like, he was warning them, saying, be cautious to understand, yes, she scored 63 points against Tennessee, but understand who Tennessee is and understand who Clemson is.
0: And we said in front of the, the jump of the show, Will, that we felt like Tennessee defensively-wise was really not a very good team. And then offensively, if you look at them, they play one-dimensional mm-hmm. all night. They were trying to catch up. And it's easier to play a team when you know what they're doing. And yeah. Tennessee gave South Carolina no surprises. No, we can still run the ball on you. Oh, here's a screen for you for being so aggressive. They did none of that. They tried to go downfield the whole time. And your DBs don't have to be that great to understand that there's the ball's going deep mm-hmm. for the most part. And I, I think that's where you probably have to be careful. When you win a game like you won, one, to come in thinking you're gonna pump, you're gonna pump your chest. Uh, we're gonna beat Clemson. Oh, they're in the ACC, and I think this is where South Carolina falls into the trap, especially their fan base. They feel like because they play in a conference that that they're just good all across the board. No matter what, they're good. They're better. They should compete. But although. Although you're playing the ACC Clemson team, they've been the champs of the ACC for a long time. Not only that, they've been the champs of the whole nation for a while. So that means they're pretty up there as far as talent is concerned. Exactly. And you put their A plus game against your A plus game. Most likely, they're going to win that A plus game. I'm not saying that, like you said, I'm not saying they can't come in here and Clemson doesn't play well. And they don't beat Clemson, but Clemson's gonna play well. Mm-hmm. And Clemson understands this is a fight. This ain't just a game, this South Carolina game, and it's a fight, regardless. And I think when that team has that kind of attitude, they're, they're gonna be tough to beat.
2: Yeah, and I, I like how you said that because I, I was telling this to somebody um, this. Yeah, all of a sudden, everybody's like, Tennessee's the better program than Clemson. And I say that, I mean the South Carolina oh. fans. Oh, we're going to beat you because we just transferred property. We just beat Tennessee, who is ranked fifth, so we're going to beat you. And talking about they're going to beat Clemson. They ain't how it works. First of mm-hmm. all, Tennessee has not been the marquee program in the country the last yeah. 12 years. No, that's um that belongs to Alabama and Clemson. Mm-hmm. So, if you think you're going to get Tennessee in this game against Cle- – you're far mistaken. Because you think if you think just because you beat Tennessee, you're going to beat Clemson, Tennessee is not the better program, folks. Clemson's the better program. Clemson yeah. has more talent than Tennessee does. Clemson's going to come to play. If Clemson comes in, like you said, if they come to fight, then Clemson's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really – this game is dictated on how Clemson plays. It right. really is. If Clemson mm-hmm. comes to play like they had the last two weeks, and they come to fight like they did against Louisville, like they did against um, uh, 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 Miami last week, and listen, yeah. so people can remember that, uh, that this guy on this show right here, I predicted Louisville to beat Clemson. Okay, yeah, I, I thought Louisville, I thought Clemson was playing not that they weren't playing up to their abilities, and Louisville was coming in hot and playing really well, and I said if Clemson plays like they've been playing, they're going to get beat. Well, Clemson proved me wrong. They came out and started saying, no, we're going to play like Clemson and we're going to let our ability take over a game and we're going to dominate because we know we're better than that team. It's the attitude of – I remember you telling me this years ago when you guys were playing. You said we felt like we could not lose a game. Right. That was our attitude. Every time we went into a game, we felt like we were going to win that game no matter what that team did. There's something to that. you got to have that attitude. I don't think Clemson, the first eight weeks or so of this season, had that attitude. The last couple weeks, they've had that attitude. And sometimes it takes getting your ass kicked to wake you up. Oh, yeah.
0: It does. And also, too, a lot of times when you don't know, be aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I think Wes has turned up his game because he's like, you know what, I'm going to be aggressive. I got some guys who can play, they can run out. I'm I'm not going to try to, you know, strategize everything. I'm just going to bring it. I'm just going to bring it and let my guys fly around. And that's what he's doing. Because when you do that, because we always say this, Will, when you have a great front seven, it helps the back end. (laughs) It does. A young back, it helps the back end because you know what that quarterback is doing? He's not just sitting back there waiting for the routes to come open. Okay, here we go. Bam. Now he's running for his life. Yep. He's running for his life. And he's just like, let me get rid of this. Oh, they want the ball. Let me get rid of this hot potato. (laughs) That's what he's thinking. So you're always aggressive on defense. Mm -hmm. And you always got to have an attitude. And, yeah, the attitude that maybe we had in the late 80s uh, that you had during the championship run, that attitude works. Mm Mm-hmm. When you go into a game knowing and saying, you know what, we're going to put our foot down on their necks and we're just going to squeeze until they give up. And that's that's the attitude you have to have. It's not PG. I mean, it's not. But it's for real. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way you got to play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you play that way, you're probably going to be more successful than not. You're
2: right, and, and and we haven't seen that from Clemson really all year defensively until, right. until these last couple of games, and they were just – I know they gave up some yards against Louisville, but they were just dominant in that game. They were dominant in that game,
0: right. and
2: they were – I know Miami was a bad offensive football team, but you know what Clemson did to that bad offensive football team? They made them look even
0: worse. Exactly. When they're bad – you make them look worse. Exactly. You don't make them look better, you make them look worse. So that's the way you're
2: supposed to play. You know you're going to dominate, and you go in there and dominate. They've done that the last two weeks. They've been aggressive, as you said. They're putting pressure on the quarterback, making them get rid of the ball quickly. Listen, Benson Rattler ain't going to be going back there, sitting there, you know, let
0: me see what I can find out and stuff like that. And and that's what he he did against Tennessee game. I'm telling you, man. That's exactly what he did. They were going. They were doing a. They were doing a zone drop, cover two, or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And Spencer was, Rattler was sitting back, just waiting for the routes to come open. He had he had about seven to eight seconds. They could not get any pressure on him.
2: <laughs> South Carolina has given up a uh, 24 sacks this year. It's about average in the SEC, so it's not great. Oh. It's not bad either, um, but. Tackles for a loss. And here's the key. Unless they're going to drop back to pass every play, which if they do that, I think Clemson's fine with that. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's what they decide to do. Here's the key. South Carolina ranks 13th in the SEC, allowing 7.3 tackles for a loss per game. Mm-hmm. That remember that stat because that tells you a lot of things. When you're when you're not really giving up that many sacks, you're only giving up 24 sacks. Well, that doesn't mean the quarterback isn't getting pressured. What that right. means is Spencer rattlers he's, he's elusive enough, he's probably getting out of the pocket, throwing the ball away, or scrambling, mm-hmm. right? He's, you know, right. some things like that are happening. And then when you see seven point, even though they're average, only 24 sacks, but yet they're giving up seven tackles for loss per game, that means their offensive line is getting destroyed up front.
0: Yeah, that means that somebody's penetrating that line of scrimmage. And they're making the running backs go, whoa, Nelly, I can't run here, so I need to run there. And then, So
2: you're behind the sticks. You're behind the sticks. You know. And, by the way, Clemson, to flip that over, one of the best in the country tackles for loss, ranked in the top five. Right. 86 tackles for loss. They lead the ACC in that category. Clemson creates negative plays. South Carolina allows negative plays. That's something to remember in this
0: matchup as you're well, talking well, about. Did I hear you right? Did you say 86 tackles for loss? 86 tackles for loss. I don't care what conference you're playing in. That's a whole lot of tackles for loss. That's a bunch, right? That is a yeah, bunch. 86 tackles for loss is a whole lot of tackles for loss, no matter what conference you play in.
2: I mean you're getting penetration, you're being disruptive in the backfield,
0: you're doing exactly. a lot of
2: things right. You
0: yeah. know. Now, especially, especially when you got the you know, you got the you got the one what we always like to talk about the one technique and the three technique that we have. Mm-hmm. And when those guys are humming, it's almost really tough. For and you're gonna have Brian
2: Brzee back this week. He, he had yeah. a strep throat last week, he should be back, should be fine, and ready to go. Um, but Root, I mean, Root played out of his mind the other day. I mean, yeah, he is. was balling. Trey Williams was balling, Peyton Page was balling. Tyler Davis has been balling all year. He's Clemson's Tyler most Davis consistent is player
0: our up there. guy. He, I I know Brian is probably the one who has a top level talent, but man, you can't tell me that Tyler Davis doesn't you remind you of Grady Jerry. He does, I man. Mean, he reminds me of Grady Jerry every time I see him play. I mean, a guy who may not be that tall, but a guy who can get under his pass, get under your pass. He knows how to separate. He knows how to use so many but of those I, negative plays
2: are caused yeah. by Tyler Davis.
0: Yeah, uh, he uses four eyes, what I call the hands and the eyes. Mm-hmm. He separates, he penetrates, and then he knows how to make tackles. And he knows how to make plays. This guy's a playmaker, man. There's no, no question about it. Whoever gets him, it's another steal. By, by
2: the way, LeVon, South yeah. Carolina has given – Clemson's got 86 tackles for a loss. South Carolina has 80 tackles for loss allowed. Okay. Start
0: tackles for loss allowed, man.
2: Not a very good def- offensive line. They're not not. A, very, not a very good offensive
0: and, line at all. If if I'm and if I'm West, I'm looking for that weak link because there's mm-hmm. one of them. And you know what you do on passing downs, you overload him and you rush him and you make him work all game long. Right. You you, you do you find a lot of teams don't do this, but I always try to find the who's the weak guy on their offensive line? Let's take advantage of that guy.
2: Makes sense, because then you attack that spot and you just keep going to it because you know eventually that dam's going to break.
0: Yeah, because it's going to break. He's going to crack, because right. he always does. He's going to crack under pressure. You keep applying it until he's just like, you know what, I, I, I can't hold up anymore. So I feel that... If the Clemson Tigers do that, and they've been playing and they play aggressive, sound defense, that they're going to be just fine. And, and like I know, it was kind of funny the fan base at the Tennessee uh, the Tennessee game, South Carolina was just like, you know, we want Clemson, we want Clemson, we want Clemson. <laughs> I was like, well, let's be careful. When we say stuff like that, because uh, I don't think you realize what you're asking for.
2: Well, I remember they were asking for it last year. And what happened?
0: Oh, yeah. They did ask for it last year. They beat Florida
2: the week before. And they were asking for it.
0: And, you know, the one thing they did, too, man, they made mention of Will Shipley and how they didn't think he was that great. And what he do? If you don't think Will simply, uh, he dominated. No question about it. Let me make. Let me. I, I want to make a statement here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, a lot of times we get caught up in things like we get caught up in things like race, especially mm-hmm. when we talk about players and what position they play. Will and by simply, race you
1: mean color skin?
0: Yes. Yeah. Will shift please <laughs> is one heck of a running back. I don't care what color skin he is. Yes, that he kid, is that kid could absolutely play. <laughs> and when you make statements like, Oh, that white running back, oh oh, 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 oh oh. That oh. kid that kid can <laughs> fly. He can absolutely play, just like if you you look at Hunter Renfro and you're like, oh, who, who's this guy? And he's making play after play on you. So I would say the the fan bases that are like that, please, please don't make statements like that. No, because please don't. if you make statements like that, you don't understand human nature, <clears throat> and you don't understand another game of football. You know, God is, I mean, God gives you to you, and especially if you can cultivate it like that kid has, you can grow it like that kid has. You don't think we'll simply not go to the next level. Boy, I, I don't know what you're looking at. I, I'm a former linebacker who's been on the ground level, and I understand, am I 100% <laughs> God leaks cold. Yeah. <laughs>
2: he had a cold, man. We understand. You're
1: you yeah, over. But
0: it. I I but I understand that this I, I know the real deal when I see it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Will Shipley is a real deal. Because if you didn't see that play where he hurled that guy, and then he still, after he hurled the guy, there were two DBs right there. Right there. They had him. And he burst through him. It looked like a
2: practice drill. You know how they get it the practice really drill did. with the dummies and they hit exactly. them? It looked just like a practice drill.
0: I was like, yeah. I see that all the time in practice. That's crazy. Right, man. That kid, I mean, that kid's impressive. Dude. He really is. The kid is, the kid is. Will
2: Shipley reminds me. Do you remember that, that running back who played at um, Penn State back in the early 80s, Ed Marinaro? Was that his name? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's who Will Shipley reminds me of. Right. You know, and by the way, I'm glad you said – talked about the, um, the the white boy because he's a running back, he can't be fast thing. Mm-hmm. As a guy who played basketball and was always called Bird when he walked into the gym, even though my style of play was nothing like Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was a driver, and I hated being called Larry Bird because I was white because they yeah. would see me just walk into a gym. Oh, he's he's got to be Larry Bird. And I was nothing like Larry Bird. And it took him probably – three or four times where I drove it down the lane and either laid it up or dished it off. But they're finally like, okay, this guy isn't Larry Bird. This guy,
0: you know. This guy can play, even though Larry Bird is a heck of a compliment. But I understand where you're coming from because they're looking at the color of your skin. I
2: saw I must be a shooter because I'm white. I used to always get so mad about that, right? I would get mad about that. So I'm glad you brought that up about Will Shipley because I think he does get a lot of that because everybody says, oh, he's a white running back. Well, he can't be that great it's like, no, he's damn good. Right. He's he, really good. He's he really good. Yeah. And, you know, that's why you look at a player, it, just like we do in life, you look at a person as an individual. And he's a person. No matter what, he's a person. Right. You look at him as an individual. Same thing in af- sports. you got to look at each player as an individual and what they do and what they bring to the table. And Will Shipley – he is one of the best running backs in college football, and he's tough as freaking nails. Yeah. I mean, LeVon, I'm telling you, man, they haven't said it, but I know the guy's playing hurt. The guy's yeah, playing hurt.
0: Play, like, I can play tell. Play yeah. You know, there's well, just
2: certain things that you can tell when a guy's playing age, hurt.
0: You see it. Yeah, yeah no question about it. He's, he's definitely playing hurt. But also, to your point too, Will, just like you said, you can't look at every player and say, oh, that player is this, or you put him in a box. Also, when you look at a team from game to game, you got to look at it differently. Just because they did this to one team doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do it to the next team. doesn't transfer over. It, It does not transfer over. I mean, that's what happened to Tennessee when they won against Alabama. Everybody automatically thought that Tennessee was the best team because they beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. And everybody assumed, oh, well, Tennessee must be the team now. Transfer property, but, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Not recognizing that no, they played a good game against an uh, Alabama team that probably wasn't as good as you thought they were. Mm-hmm. But because they've had the history and the tradition, you just kind of thought like, okay, well, well, Alabama is so, so good that Tennessee must be off the charts. Tennessee lasted on the charts, the number one on the charts, for like a hot second. Right. They, they were they were one-hit wonder, and then they played Georgia, who's more of a, a team that's been there, done that, and they outclassed them. Just because you did one thing in one game does not mean you're going to do the same thing in another, another game. So I understand that you beat Tennessee, and it's a great game. I'm not saying you can't beat Clemson. But I would be careful with as a fan base to be like, oh, we're gonna dominate Clemson. You saw what we did to Tennessee? You saw what we did to Tennessee? Uh, let me tell you folks, uh, Tennessee is not Tennessee is not as good as Clemson. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's, yeah. It, it... And, and I think overall, probably not.
2: No, overall. I think there's areas where Tennessee's better than Clemson. I think yeah. wide receivers, one wide
0: receiver. There, I, I think, think their scheme is good.
2: I, I think their scheme is good. The quarterback right. probably a little bit better uh, right. with Hendon Hooker. Um, I think when you look at the uh, the running backs, I think probably are the same. You might even give Clemson the edge there. I'll um,
0: Clemson the edge,
2: yeah. Offensive line, I would say is about the same.
0: Uh, Clemson offensive line has been playing very well. They've been playing very we well. Know.
2: We're gonna to get to that in a second too. And then defensively, though. Clemson's better at Tennessee at every area on yeah. defense, every area. And that's where the difference is. Like I said, we said this earlier in this podcast, South Carolina hasn't played a defense like Clemson and since Georgia.
1: Right.
2: Clemson is as good, if not better, than Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia's great. I think Clemson has the potential to be great on defense. I don't think they yeah. played up to their potential until the yeah. last couple of weeks.
0: Not at all, but yeah, they they they're playing with a little bit more of an attitude, and you could mm-hmm. say, well, it's Louisville, but Louisville, I mean, you have been watching Louisville. Louisville, Louisville was, was coming bad. in hot. Louisville yeah. was coming. They, they had a four game win hot. streak. We're right. dominating people.
2: Yeah, and Clemson exactly. dominated them.
0: Miami not as good, but I mean, hey, you play who you play. So yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a little different than what you got with the Tennessee defense. Now, you, a little we, bit different, yeah.
2: Now, we talked about South Carolina, um, about Clemson and the lines of scrimmage and how different it is that the Clemson defense they're going to play, right? Well, flip it over to the other side. Clemson right now, the offense hasn't been great. We know that. Clemson's not been great on offense, but they've been efficient most of the year. Um, Clemson right now is third in the ACC, allowing only 58 tackles for a loss this season. That ranks right. third in the ACC. That's really good. That's where you mm-hmm. want to be, in that top top third of the of the conference. And then um, they've allowed, like South Carolina, they're by average. They've allowed twenty three sacks. Right. So, um, but so, a lot
0: of I would guarantee you, I would say, not half of those sacks, but a great deal of those sacks have been maybe DJ hold on to the ball.
2: Uh, I would say at I'm least no half longer. of those. I yeah. would say at least half.
0: <laughs> you're, I'm being nice. i are be nice being nice.
2: I'm going to be the bad cop here. I'm going to okay, say at least half. Cop. I'm right. going to say at least half. So, like 23 sacks. Um, and that's probably really about 11 that the yeah. offensive line actually is given up. Tackles for loss, though. Okay. Clemson is uh, giving up only, uh, hold on. What I said tackles for loss, 20, 58, right? All mm-hmm. right. South Carolina as a defense. So we're going Clemson's offensive line versus South Carolina's defensive line here. It's all about lines of scrimmage. Mean you, we talk about that a lot. When you want yeah. to know who's going to win a game, you look at the lines of scrimmage. We already gave you the other side and how Clemson should win that matchup because they're better than South Carolina's offensive line. Mm-hmm. On the other side, Levon, South Carolina ranks 13th in the SEC only with 52 tackles for a loss. So that means they are not getting penetration. They're not getting upfield. They're not causing havoc in the backfield. Okay? They're playing a Clemson offense. It's averaging 4.5 yards per carry. Yeah. So that means Clemson's getting upfield. So that means the push. If South Mm -hmm. Carolina ain't getting much push and Clemson is getting a good push, generally, now I'm not saying every once in a while they may get through and get a tackle for a loss. But if I'm just looking at the numbers and you are who you are by this point in the season, right? Right. You've only got 52 tackles for a loss. You're not getting much of a push on the defensive front. Now take it to quarterback pressure. And we know Clemson's got 32 sacks and they pressure the quarterback constantly. So sometimes Clemson, they don't even get sacks because they're just quarterbacks running for their life and throwing the ball away. South Carolina has 17 sacks on the season. They ranked 12th in the SEC
0: out of 14 right. teams.
2: 17 sacks. Only 52 tackles and, for a loss. That's the lines of scrimmage.
0: In, and you're not even counting in how many snaps they're getting.
1: Yeah. Not you're not even, even counting. figuring
0: in, like, how many snaps per game they're getting. So, they only got, like, 17 sacks. Being very uh, – your, your productivity is not very good.
2: No. You're not getting pressure on the quarterback at all with 17 sacks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, not at all. Not at all. And so, Clemson, again, as I look at this game, take away, like you said, you can't do transfer of property. Oh, well, they scored. They beat Tennessee 63 No, no, no. Clemson's a different beast than Tennessee. And if you're a South Carolina fan and don't realize that, you're going to have a rude awakening on Saturday.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because Clemson – And I'm not saying Carolina can't beat. We know Carolina potentially can beat Clemson. But I have been told this since the day I first tried to learn football and started learning football and then learned football. Whoever is better at the lines of scrimmage wins the game. And right now, at least on paper, and I understand this is paper, you got to go play the game. But if Clemson plays to its potential – On both sides of the lines of scrimmage, Clemson wins this game.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, it's always been that. You're right, right, Will. It's always been about the line of scrimmage. Don't, Mm -hmm. Don't fool yourselves. And I know people like the long ball and looks good and blah, 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 blah. But if you can't develop those routes because your quarterback is running for his life, I don't care how many patterns you throw up. I don't care what kind of route combinations. If you can't block it, man, it don't work anyway. don't work. I mean, Clemson's better
2: on defensive line versus South Carolina's offensive line. Clemson is way better on paper. Right. Clemson's offensive line versus South Carolina's defensive line. Clemson is way better on paper. Mm -hmm. And those are the matchups. It's not about what South Carolina does, this or that, or Clemson does this. It's that matchup. Those two matchups, South Carolina's offensive line versus Clemson's defensive front, and Clemson's offensive line versus Sacramento's defensive front. Clemson is better on both sides. Not, oh, it's a close call. It's really <laughs> – no, it's it's like immensely better on both sides. Where if they just come to play and play their normal game and play the way they are, be who you are, who you've been all season long, Clemson wins this game two touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my observation. And but like I said, they look good against Tennessee. But if you really look at the game a little closer, you can see where hmm, there were some flaws in Tennessee's game plan mm-hmm. and what they we did. Some. And what they they did also. You play a team at their place at night. They're hyped up, and you let them get off to a good start. That's a formula for disaster. For any visiting team. So if you stop Carolina, you can't stop, you can't start slowly. If you start slowly in this game, you may be in trouble again. Right. Just like you did the last couple of years when you played Clemson, you started off very slowly, whether it was in Williams, price or Death Valley. And it really just haunts you the whole game. Except for the one year when they won the national championship, they actually started pretty fast. Mm hmm. But they just didn't have the guys to outmatch Clemson. No, they did started, But they started pretty fast. 56-35.
2: They, they scored yeah. 35 points in that game. Yeah. but they still lost by 20-something. Right. And and can they do that again, kind of that, what Carolina did in that game? And they could do this in this game. Because South Carolina, I think, is better at the skill positions overall than Clemson, especially at mm-hmm. wide receiver. Running yeah. back, I'd give the edge to Clemson. More but closer. I think when you look at the skill positions at wide receiver, South Carolina's better, okay? Mm-hmm. So once one way you stop Clemson's great pass rush, well, you do it what quicker. Furman and Law Tech did and teams like that. Mm-hmm. Now, Clemson's adjusted during the course of the season, and they said, nope, not getting that crap on us no more, right? You're going to have to go deep or whatever. You're not doing this. You're not going to go, uh, you know, uh, dinking and dunking it all the way down the field on us. But I think you're going to see South Carolina do a couple things in this game. Okay, I think a you're going to see them try to dink and dunk it, try to get mm-hmm. the ball out in space to their wide receivers and stuff, and try to make plays in space because that's the advantage they have, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing they're going to do. Another thing you're going to do, they're going to do, they're going to throw some trick plays out. They got to. And, and they're not going to. Go, they're going to go for fourth downs. So you're yeah. going to see them go for fourth downs unconventionally. You're going to see them do trick plays because they know the only way to win this game, because they know they're not better at the lines of scrimmage. We just talked about it. They right. know that those coaches are turning on that film and they're like, "Yeah, we're not good as Clemson at the lines of scrimmage. We're Tennessee. They were. They could line up at Tennessee, offensive line against that defense because Tennessee wasn't getting much pressure or getting many tackles for a loss. So Tennessee wasn't that great on the defense, their front seven, to where they mm-hmm. would cause trouble. So they knew right. they could match up with Tennessee. They know they can't match up with Clemson. So how do you try to play against that? Well, you yeah, you do what they did in 2018, as you just mentioned. You get the ball out there. Of course, they don't have a Debo Samuel right. out there, but you get the ball to a guy, you get the guy to your playmakers and you, you say your best guy and say, make a move. Go make a play. When you get fourth yeah. and three, you're at the Clemson 45. You go for fourth and three at the right. 45. You do mm-hmm. those things to 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 make Clemson put pressure on Clemson's defense to make them think a little bit more, that's the only way South Carolina is going to win this game.
0: I think they learned from last year that they're they're not capable of going toe-to-toe, like you said last year. I think they tried to go toe for toe Mm -hmm. with Clemson, and they were just outclassed.
1: Yeah, too much speed, too much strength, everything. Too much speed,
0: too much strength. I mean, they could not do it. So, yeah, they're going to be very inconventional on on what they do. They're going to do some things that maybe Clemson hasn't seen. In quite some time to just get some yards, man, get the momentum going because they don't want to go in there and be three and out their first series.
2: No, and get the death crowd because at Death Valley on top and get of. That crowd going and by the way, they said they want Clemson, but they returned all their tickets last week, so they don't really <laughs> want Clemson that much. So it's going to be a ninety-five percent Clemson crowd as opposed to eighty-five percent
0: Clemson crowd. Right, they probably still remember what happened last year, so they don't want to, you know, get on their high horse because last year. Boy, they talked so much trash. It was ridiculous. So I, I think they kind of learn from that, and they're going to be kind of – they're going to be op, a little optimistic, but not a whole lot more optimistic than what they were last year. Last year, they were just, this is going to happen. And thir- next thing you know, 30 to nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure the fan base is like, do I want to ruin – My Thanksgiving weekend by going down to Death Valley. I'm sure they don't really want to do that, so it'll be interesting to see. But you know, like I I think if Clemson's aggressive, they go in there like this is going to be a fight. We're going to fight you the whole game. Then then it should be fine. I think South Carolina, you have to do things differently. You have to show them different looks. You have to do trick plays. Uh, Why not? You know, you have nothing really to lose. Why not just go ahead and do that? And if you do that, but I don't know how long trick plays really last. They don't. You know, you can only do but so many trick plays. Yeah. And then, you know, but I do think special teams, they do take a lot of pride in special teams. I think that's the thing that Clemson has to be really good at to make sure they neutralize what they have on special teams.
2: And then I think, okay, so like, Talking with people, different people, look, when you watch Spencer Rattler play, one of his – I mean, he's a talented player. We saw that. If you give him time, he's going to pick you apart, and he's going to – he's got the arm strength to make any mm-hmm. kind of throw. He can make spectacular plays. Right. But Here's the knock on Spencer Rattler. When you pressure him, mm-hmm. he does not do a very good job improvising. That's his knock. That's what the when you do the scattering report and you say, What's the scattering report on this guy? He's not good at improvising. So right. what does that mean? Well, that means you put pressure on him. You bring pressure up the middle, you get him out of the pocket, you make him start thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what Clemson's gonna try to do. Um, oh, no, that's and, it. And, that, and I think so. This game is gonna be DJ versus Spencer, right? Mm-hmm. Which one of these guys starts to mentally break down? I yeah. hate to say it that way, but we've seen it from both guys. At, so, at some points, they've gotten in their own head. They've gotten in their own way. and they're, yeah, both, most... they, they're both capable of throwing for 300 yards and six touchdowns, and they're both capable of throwing for only 120 yards and five interceptions. Yes. I mean, it, it's that uh, – they both are. They're the same quarterback.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, they really are. I like Clemson better in this matchup, though, because Clemson – is not going to let Spencer Rattler sit back there and just think and go through his progressions. No. DJ's going to get that opportunity because South Mm -hmm. Carolina, unless they bring linebackers and stuff, they're not good at putting pressure on the quarterback.
0: Right. And, and, I mean, that's not what they do. No, it's not what they do. So, I don't think you go into a game and just do something that you just totally don't do. I mean, you may throw them a little bit of, you know, a monkey wrench every once in a while. But you probably won't be like just blitzing all over the place. Mm-hmm. And also, too, both quarterbacks are emotional. They're both emotional. They're when they're running hot and good, boy. They're as good they're as some, anybody. They're good as anybody. But boy, when they start running cold, they are the worst. <laughs> they're probably the worst quarterbacks you've ever seen. And I think you got if you're Clemson Tigers. You gotta rattle uh, Spencer Rattler. You've mm-hmm. got to make him get into his own head. You gotta give him some hits. You gotta give him some bumps because when he's playing confident, he is really hard to stop. Yeah. But if you can get to him, he will throw you some interceptions
1: mm-hmm. as well. And
2: I know some Gamecock fans are probably listening to the podcast and they're probably saying, you guys are crazy. Y'all conveniently forgot that Wake Forest guy threw six touchdown passes on you and made you look like chumps. Look, South Carolina wide receivers are good, but they're not that good.
0: They're not quite that good.
2: They're not. And Clemson's defenders are going to. They didn't have three starters in their in their back end in that game. We're not playing against Wake Forest. They're playing true freshmen. A, the true freshmen have gotten better since then. B, all those guys that didn't play in that game are playing in the game. Mm-hmm. So. That's why it's not the same. And, and, and so and, – and Sam Hartman's a better quarterback too than Spencer Rattler overall. Sam, he doesn't have – he doesn't have Rattler's
0: arm. Spencer Rattler has a lot of potential just like DJ. Right. They both are potential guys. Oh, every time you talk about them, you think of them in the – they got a puncher's chance. Correct. They got a chance to get real lucky, throw a haymaker on you, and make a play but they're not consistent throughout the fight a lot of times they're not consistent and in south carolina case honestly that's his first really good game i've seen him play Mm -hmm. can he come back from that six touchdown game and bring it to death valley that's the question you got to ask yourself if you're a south carolina game cop can he can he perform the way he performed uh, last week. If if I'm Dabo Sweeney, I'm, I'm making sure that Spencer Raleigh knows how great he is to set him up. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's got a guy you just have, oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, my gosh, man, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. Then he starts trying too hard. It's the same way with DJ. Mm-hmm. DJ's a guy that tries too hard. DJ's a guy that if things are not going well, he will press. He will press. And you don't want your quarterbacks to be that way. You want your quarterbacks to be sound and reasonable and make good decisions. That's what you look for in a quarterback. And, you know, also the arm strength and the accuracy is definitely a plus. But you want your quarterback above all things not to be intense, but to be emotionally intelligent. It's a good that means point. they don't get too high with the highs. They don't get too low with the lows. But secretly inside of you, inside of them, they're trying to drive it down your throat every single time. But they're not going to let you, they're not going to show their poker face at all. Think about the two, think about the, the, the championship quarterbacks we had at Clemson. Trevor Lawrence Deshaun Sean Watkins. Man, they were even-keeled for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw some emotion on them, but in, between the the plays, coolest uh, cucumbers, great decision-makers, didn't get rattled at all during the game. Have you ever saw – I never saw those two guys get rattled ever. No, again.
2: no, never saw them once ever. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I think that's Deshaun different- threw three interceptions in a game, a game against Pitt. And yet people forget he also threw uh six touchdowns, six I think. Touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, and 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 he was he was still chucking the ball everywhere. He he did not lose his confidence, even though he was making mistakes. Right. He still didn't right. lose his confidence. He still right. was out there playing where, you know, DJ, you know, we saw at Syracuse. DJ fumbles the ball, and then the DJ that we saw for seven weeks prior to that just disappeared. Just away. Yeah. You know, and it took him till probably Louisville before we saw him come back again. Yep. And, and and I think one key for Clemson, and I don't know, I, don't, I haven't watched South Carolina enough yet because we're early in the week to know how they use Spencer Rattler in the running game. But there's no doubt DJ Uyungle has to be involved in Clemson's running game. It's not only better for the Clemson offense, it's better for DJ. Yep. For some reason, it settles him down. And mm-hmm. it gets him into the flow of the game right off the bat. We've seen it each of the last two weeks, right? First place, what are they? They're DJ runs. Yep. They may not go for a lot of yards, but they're, they're, they they get him – get that hit in, get him mm-hmm. kind of in the game mode, and now he's there. And you right. see that he seems okay with it. Like, last week he rushed for 89 yards. Mm-hmm. If it wouldn't have been for the sacks, he would have been well over 100 rushing yards right. in that game. I mean, he ran the ball as good as I've ever seen him run the ball against Miami last week. And that's a pretty decent front seven for Miami. Mm -hmm. They came in not giving up many rushing yards. Uh, They put pressure on the quarterback. They're number two in the ACC in tackles for loss. It's a pretty doggone good front seven for Miami. Better than the one they're going to see this week. Mm -hmm. And he ran the ball with a lot of success, a lot of confidence. Clemson needs him to do that this week. They need need him to do it every week. Every game, DJ has to run the ball somewhere between 10 to 15 times. I know that's that's a lot of runs for the quarterback. But that's how he gets calmed down. That's how he gets into the game. Now, I don't know how Rattler gets into the game or not. I got to go back and watch to see. I haven't watched enough of him. I know last week he he just chucked it everywhere because why not? It was working. He was averaging 11.9 yards per attempt. So, you know, do that. Now, I look at Rattler's statistics. It's very similar to DJ's. Like, his numbers aren't bad overall, completing 67% of his passes. Um you know, he, he, he now DJ's better at taking care of the football than he is. He's he had going into last week, he had eight interceptions, uh, excuse me, nine interceptions to eight touchdowns. Now he's flipped that. He's got 14 inter- touchdowns to nine interceptions or whatever it is, but he's only averaging 8.2 yards per attempt. That's about the same as DJ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, completion percentage DJ and him are both about the same, they're both about 65 percent, 66 percent. Um, yards they're both averaging about. 230 yards a game. They're the same quarterback for the most part. Right. Now, I don't know. I'm going to try to look at his rushing numbers because, you know, we know DJ, we know how he runs the football. Uh, so I'm going to try to see, look at these rushing numbers for South Carolina. um But to me, that's, I want to see how, like, did South Carolina use him in that same way? Did to get him confidence to get him into the flow of the game? How do they do that? You know, if he does get rattled a little bit, how do they try to get him out of that? I think is going to be the key um, in this game. Um, let's see. South Carolina is not very good at running the ball, by the way. They're twelfth in the SEC in rushing yards per game. Now they've had a couple of their running backs out, and that would yeah. play a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, trying to just trying to pull out the stats for him.
0: Well, I'm sure they're not going to be running the quarterback power. <laughs> no, I
2: wouldn't imagine they're going to.
0: And last week when they did, they, I mean, they put them out in space and then they brought the Wildcat in. So I don't really envision them saying, hey, let's get these design runs, quarterback runs for our quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because he's not as big as DJ. DJ is basically a tight end playing quarterback. So I'm sure uh, Rattler is nowhere near that size. So he, he really probably couldn't take the banging. Love running the ball.
2: Yeah, so Spencer Rattler he doesn't run the ball at all, dude. So he's got. Um, let me see. He has carried the ball sixty times for twenty-four yards, point four yards per carry, two touchdowns. Um. Yeah, he's he's. He, they don't really run him at all. That doesn't make sense. The five yards per carry doesn't make sense. Because he's got 60 attempts, 24 yards, and they got him averaging 5.5 yards. Oh, that's attempts per game. Five attempts per game. So they're not running him at all. He's not a right. running quarterback. Mm-mm. I mean he doesn't that, really
0: he doesn't really have the size, and he really isn't a guy that's gonna make you miss at all. Right. So I imagine they don't want to put him in arm's way of saying, Hey, let's run, let's run, let's run the ball without our quarterback. They're not gonna do that.
2: No, it doesn't look like they're gonna do that at all. And when you look at Clemson uh, rushing the football, let's see, DJ is second on the team for Clemson. He's got 494 yards, Mm. averaging 3.8 yards per carry, six touchdowns, 11.8 tenths per game. Totally different. Mm -hmm. Clemson, DJ is totally different on what they do with these two quarter. DJ's more of what they can use them in the run game. South Carolina doesn't use Spencer Rattler at all in the run game. Now – Maybe that's where South Carolina comes out, Levon, with a little bit of wrinkle that we haven't seen. Maybe they do run him a little bit on some of the zone read stuff and all. But I'm telling you, if he's just a sitting duck quarterback back there, and they yeah. just think they're gonna drop him back and he's gonna go seven yard, seven-yard drop and throw the football, then that Clemson's gonna say they're gonna say, Okay, we welcome that all day. Let's go. Oh,
0: no question. That's you know. what you need to welcome. But I mean, yeah, throw I mean they're gonna throw a lot of wrinkles in there. They're gonna to try to do a lot of eye candy, window dressing, uh, to try to get Clemson's eyes off the prize. Because right now, uh, those line, the way those linebackers are playing, you can't just line up in one formation because they're going to eat that up. They're going to absolutely eat that up because they're playing with a lot of confidence. They understand what people are trying to do to them, mm-hmm. and they're coming downhill. So you don't want to put <laughs> – if you're South Carolina, you don't want to put your – you don't want to make your offense that simple. Right. you you've got to do something to, to really get those linebackers off their game. Because if you don't, because uh, Miami didn't, and Jeremiah Trotter just went bananas. I mean, he went like uh, – I mean, he was like Hulk smash. He, he, was like, <laughs> he was like Hulk in the junkyard, just smash <laughs> – all the cars you want to, big fella. And that's what he did. So, you can't you, – when you got linebackers like that, you can't just line up in a high formation just run lead because you're going to get crushed.
1: You're going to get crushed. So they're not going to
0: do that. They're, they're going to try to do some things to throw those guys off.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. All right, Crick, so we get out of here. Get you out of here, man. I appreciate you today. Um, keys to the game and what you think is going to happen.
0: Yeah, I, I think Clemson has to be very – I think on defense they have to continue to be aggressive. Uh I I'm not maybe not Brent Billables aggressive, but a little bit a little bit behind that. They're gonna have to be aggressive and they're gonna have to take South Carolina and put them behind the six. I think offensively, I think they just have to be very consistent and give and take what the uh take with the defense gives them. Mm-hmm. I think they can run the ball on South Carolina. They have to be patient. They can't let they can't um they can't try to do something before it's time. You can't try to take the top off when you, you know, when you don't have the opportunity. I think you just take what they're giving you. You do that, especially between the 20s and the 20s, you got the red zone weapons that are going to get in the end zone with, for you. And I think DJ just has to um, be calm, cool, and collective. If he plays good ball, if, if DJ plays well, that offense plays well, and they do that, man. They they shouldn't have trouble beating South Carolina.
2: Everything you said is accurate, man. I mean, when I look at this game, I said it before. I think Clemson's better at the lines of scrimmage, which tell me generally that's the team that wins the game. Um, South Carolina has a few advantages on the uh, you know wide receiver, a little bit better there at that position uh, than Clemson. But it's not Clemson's wide receivers against South Carolina's wide receivers, right? I like Clemson's DBs. I think they've gotten better as the season's gone along. Um, You know, I think Wiggins is so close to like Mm -hmm. taking it to the house on play. And I'm not saying it's going to happen in this game, but I can see it happen in this game. South Carolina off defense versus Clemson's offense. I think Clemson can run the ball. Mm -hmm. I think Clemson can throw it when they want to. South Carolina, um, you know, they've given up 20 touchdown passes. So it's not like there's just like this dominant defense. Now, they also have 11 interceptions. So they do – they are – they do kind of – they're feast or famine, right, on right. that back end. So I think Clemson can control the line of scrimmage, run the ball, set things up in their passing game. I think that's what you're going to see them do. On the other side, I think you're going to see Clemson get pressure on Spencer Rattler. I think they're going to – he's not going to sit back there and do what he did to Tennessee. They're going to get pressure on him. I think you're going to see him make a couple mistakes – You're definitely going to see him running and having to throw the ball away a lot um, in this game. I just like Clemson in this matchup. I think it's a good matchup for Clemson. I think Clemson's the better team. And generally, I know people say, well, it's a rivalry game, and you throw everything out the record books. Not really. Not in this game. History tells me in this game the better team always wins. When South Carolina won five straight, they were the better better team. Yep. They had the better teams in those. Even those Clemson teams were good. South Carolina teams were better. And they won the games. Um, and the
0: matchups wasn't as good. And what South Carolina had, just what you're talking about, it was really on the line of scrimmage. that why, That's why South Carolina at that time was better when mm-hmm. they made that five. They were better um, at the lines of scrimmage. They were better at the line of scrimmage. It's the same thing in this one. Clemson's better at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And usually the team that's better at the line of scrimmage probably going to win the game.
2: Yep. The only thing that's going to keep Clemson from winning this game is if Clemson hands it over to South Carolina.
0: Right. That's that's
2: the only way South Carolina wins this game. And
0: I would like to see Clemson win a special team. Make a. I mean, well,
2: that's what I mean. Beamer ball. Well, when South Carolina beat Kentucky this year, what did they do? Got a couple yeah. block punts. Right. Clemson can't have it's anything it's
0: like it's that A&M. happen. This is A&M. ran back kick the kickoff. Off. Yeah.
2: You're right. they got to win special teams or tie, or as Dabo says, tie special teams. In other words, you don't give up a big play. You may not have a big play, but you don't give up a big play to them either. That's the only way a team like South Carolina can beat Clemson.
0: Right.
2: It's stuff like that happen, right? Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you get a fumble return 90 yards for a touchdown, like Syracuse did. You know, you turn the ball over four times, like they did against Syracuse. Clemson can't have any of those type things in this game. Right. That's how. That's the only way – South Carolina is going to win. So Clemson should win this game. I'm predicting Clemson to win this game. I'm predicting Clemson to cover. It's a 14-point spread. I think Clemson can win it by 14. That's yeah. where I'm going right now.
0: Yeah, I understand that. Me too.
2: Yeah. So there, there it is. There's our prediction for the big game, the South Carolina-Clemson game, the Clemson-Carolina game, Carolina-Clemson, however you want to call it we call it Clemson Carolina here because obviously we're on the Clemson side of things. So, right. um, and so it's the Carolina game to us. Uh, so um, that's our predictions. Um, we hope LaVon, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, man. You got oh, plans it's gonna family. Be
0: fantastic. Yeah, man. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't right. wait. I get to see the daughter, you know, and it's going to be a, a different dynamic because now she's in college. Mm-hmm. So I can't just tell her do this or do that. <laughs> in other
2: words, She makes her own decisions now, right? Almost. Yeah,
0: just make good ones. That's all we have to say. Yeah.
2: Well, you've raised her well. I'm sure she's going to be fine. But, yeah, it's going to be a weird dynamic, Um, her coming home. and Well, hey, man, have a good holiday with with your daughter and your family. Wish you all the best, man. Have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, For everybody else out there, hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. I'm going to try to do the same and enjoy some turkey. I'm going to enjoy a lot of pecan pie and a lot of pumpkin pie. Uh, I will be a little bit fatter than I already am. By this time next week, Levon. So P-K for Levon pie. Kirkland, yeah. oh man, pecan pie—it's good, ain't it? Pumpkin yeah, pie. It is. Oh yeah. gosh, oh, turkey and dressing. I need to stop. We're getting us hungry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. in- in- anyway, for Levon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. We'll talk to you next time when we preview the ACC championship game between Clemson mm-hmm. and North Carolina. I'm believing Clemson football with Levon Kirkland.